Welcome to the Ad Aster podcast. Today we have with us Maria Sorokina. Welcome. Uh, Maria is a, a currently a postdoctoral student at Nicole Superior, Normal Superior, um, and she has done a research on her master's and in her PhD thesis on the discussions against astrology and all the debates going on against astrology. So, uh, welcome. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting me. So, what can you tell us about uh, your research and? How did you stumble upon uh, this kind of topic in your research? Well, actually, now it's not only against astrology, that's more generally, it's about uh, the theory of celestial influence, the theory of celestial causality, the theory according to which the celestial bodies can produce effects in our inferior worlds. But well, when I was student in Moscow, uh, I uh, started working on one particular treatise against astrology. Uh, the treatise uh, entitled uh, the Summa de Astris. Uh, the Summa de Astris is written in uh, 1265 by the Dominican friar Gerald of Felfa. And uh, this is uh, the first uh, treatise against astrology specifically devoted to criticism of astrology since the Christian antiquity. And uh, this is a very important text, first because of uh, its argumentation, and second because, uh, as I managed to discover, it is uh, the main uh, unmentioned, uh, unknown source of Marcelo Ficino's treatise against astrology, the Disputatio contra Judica Astrologorum. And then, well, it, it was um, the topic of my master thesis in Moscow, and then uh, I wanted to continue, and uh, then I started uh, writing my PhD here in France. Uh, I wanted to continue studying the criticism of astrology, and I tried to look for this in the theological sources, namely the commentaries on the sentences. I will explain later what is this kind of sources. Uh, so so I, I tried to look for it in the theological sources, but uh, I, I found something, maybe something more interesting, in namely the theory of celestial influence. So that's my parkour. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And because, of course, the theory of celestial influence will have a direct impact on astrology, being astrology the body of knowledge that studies the effects, the, the, the supposed effect of uh, celestial influence in the lower bodies. Um, and uh, you were saying that you, you, you search for... Um, how This is a question I have, and perhaps it's a moment to do it. So you say that you, you found out um, the first treatise in medieval where you have this kind of discussion because we have that in antiquity with several of the church fathers and of the yeah. main persecutors. Yeah. I mean, 
And do you think that you, there is an hiatus uh, from what your perception of the talk? There is an hiatus and then the subject is again... Cut, is there uh, a cut? Or simply dims down and then comes back again. What's your, what's your perspective on, on how it develops? Well, uh, all I can say, well, this text I studied is rather particular because the astrology uh, which is criticized in this text is the particular astrology, some particular astrological treatises which were translated later in the 12th century. So this uh, author, Gerald Felker, criticizes a very precise version of astrology. He read uh, Ptolemy, but also Al-Bumazar, Amar, Messalah, Zael, Alcabitius, and he criticizes their theories. So it was impossible earlier. So th this is not an abstract astrology like mm -hmm. in other sources. Uh, uh, this is a very precise astrology. Uh, normally uh, we find almost everywhere two common arguments against astrology, namely in the theological sources. Well, uh, the first argument is uh, the argument about the free will. Uh, the astrological predictions are impossible because the stars cannot influence the human soul. Uh, men are their free will. And maybe the, the, the second common arguments, uh, argument is about um, other causes. The stars are only remote causes of events, but there are other causes, the, the elements of the mixed bodies, and uh, for foreseeing the future, we should know all the causes. So the astrological predictions uh, cannot be certain. But all of us, uh, we, we, we all know that uh, the, the astrologers are not so fatalistic. The astrologers do not deny uh, absolutely the free will, and the astrologers uh, do, do not pretend that other causes are not important. And uh, which is different in this text, in the Summa de Astris, he criticizes, uh, namely, Ptolemy, Albumaza, and others, uh, with uh, their texts and not an abstract astrology which does not exist. That, that is interesting because he criticizes specifically Ptolemy, but for instance Ptolemy, if I remember him correctly, he says exactly what you said, that um, yes. astrology is not the only cause and uh, this, yes, there yes. are probabilities mm -hmm. and not a certain... Yeah. So, um, how does he criticize, for instance, Ptolemy, that is fresh in my mind at this point? Well, actually, his main idea is the lack of rational basis of astrology. For him, uh, astrology does not work because all the rules of astrology, all the techniques are irrational. Uh, there is no rational basis. Well, let's say he has uh, maybe three uh, different uh, ideas. First, uh, the astrologers disagree very often, every time, uh, with one another. There are too many discussions. For, for, for instance, Ptolemy is criticized by Albumaza. Another idea, uh, the rules are absurd. 
for, for instance, he criticizes the theory of domiciles. But just one example, he says, uh, well, for the astrologers, the domicile of Mars is Scorpio. But uh, the Mars is a planet who is uh, hot and dry. Oh, and, uh, and the Scorpio is humid uh, and cold. So there is a conflict and the union is impossible. The Mars cannot be the strongest in this sun. Is the, the, the contrary. Is not logical, is absurd. So, so for, him, here, for him, logic would be that there had to be a similarity between the Yes, sun. yes. Mm -hmm. so that is not the rule. That um, That is not the rule for domiciles. But anyway, yeah. he was not aware of that. Yeah. No, or it, or he was, and or he was arguing and ignored, that, yeah. that the rule was not. Yeah, but that's logic. very interesting yeah. because he was, um, he was being very specific, and he was going to the yeah. to the real uh, insight, not yeah. only yeah. The, not only the, the the discussion about influence or free will, yeah. which are more yes, yes. logical point of view. This is very much yeah. to the technique. Okay, okay. and what? then years and years later, that's. Exactly the same argument in Marcelo Ficino's treatise, uh, who borrowed actually the half of the Summa de Astris, and uh, we found the same argument and uh, other arguments about other planets and uh, uh, other zodiacal signs. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, other idea, the, 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 the third main idea, let's say, uh, Gerald Felter says uh, um, the astrologers. Uh, talk of uh, similarity, not of causes. Um, and, uh, well, uh, for instance, uh, there is an example with uh, the theory of houses. The first house of the horoscopes means the life. Well, why it means the life? Because of the similarity. Uh, in this first house of the horoscope, uh, the stars appear from the darkness, it's near the horizon, so, so they appear from the darkness to, to the light, just like uh, a newborn child who leaves the darkness of his mother's room for the light of the light. And so here, Gerald of Fertil objects, he, he says, well, uh, it is the similarity, but it is not the cause, uh, we have also a similarity between a man and a, a goose. A man has two legs and the goose also has two legs, but we cannot say uh, a man signifies a goose or a goose uh, uh, influences a man. We should not, we should distinguish uh, the cause and the similarity. And that's the same argument in Ficino's text, uh, uh, but, um, well, he, speak of, uh, he speaks of, uh, uh, not of uh, a man and a goose, but um, uh, it's a lion and a deer in Ficino's text. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see it was like a precursor. Yes, it, yes. It, it's, <laughs> it's interesting because you're going to see yeah, a lot of this. Yeah, we should have seen the 18th century. And, and, and even earlier, <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing this, I'm currently researching the yeah. 16th, 17th century, that tradition, that transition, and we see these arguments already yeah, right. by then. So they're coming from a, an older tradition, 
where they are already trying not only to have the religious argument, but also try to deconstruct the, the logic, yeah. the inner logic of astrology to what is rational and not rational. But I don't know if they're asking yeah. anything because this is something that can be easily deconstructed. Yeah, that's one one of the questions I was. Yeah. Then we have it's interesting because we do have these argumentations, but there is always a counter argumentation of astrologers. Um, Even before this, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that is that is so interesting because, for instance, Ptolemy already defended defended his writings from this sort of. And uh, he provided the rationale, whether you uh, agree or not, but he provided like reasons, scientific reasons for this. So I don't know if these critics of Ptolemy and others, if they actually read the, 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 the whole book or they were just um, criticizing parts of the book. This is something this, this one appears to be a very knowledgeable person because if he's, if he's going against the theories of all these sources... Well, I, I, well I, I think he, 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 read it, uh, he, he, he read all the books since, well, the Sumodastis, there are three parts of it. The first part is about astronomy, the second is about astrology, and only the third part, the, the most interesting, is about the criticism. And mm. this second part about astrology is very detailed and uh, mm. well, it's it's a good explanation of all the rules and all the techniques. Uh, yeah. But this, uh, uh, this, second, this second part is about astrology itself, so it provides like a, an explanation about astrology. Yeah, 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 yes, he he explains how to make the horoscope, uh, yeah. which types of horoscopes exist. Uh, well, the nativity, selections, it, it, it is long as <laughs> real pathways. So it's rather detailed. Interesting. And does he offer any technique to, to interpret or just to calculate? Because there are two things here. Calculate, how to calculate, and then how to interpret. Because I'm curious, if he does uh, go into uh, interpretation, it should be different from Ptolemy and all the other authors that he criticizes. He has to offer something yeah. different. Does he offer um, either an alternative explanation? So, in a sense, does he agree with astrological practice or does he dismiss it altogether? altogether? Well, I think I should, I should read it. I, I, I have a raw transcription of it. We have, uh, we know by now six manuscripts of the Summa de Astris. Well, now, uh, all, all the manuscripts are incomplete. Uh, well, I ha have by now a raw transcription. I hope one day I will finish uh, this critical edition. Uh, just, uh, I, I need more time. Uh, if I remember well in this uh, second part of the Summa de Astris, he just put together different parts from different books. One part from, from, from Ptolemy, another part from Al-Bumazar, another part from, from Al-Kabitius, uh, and, uh, and so on. And he could. So, 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 something uh, about the aspects, uh, Al-Kabitius says that, but Al-Bumazar says that, that's not so, 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 so critical. For him, the discussion is uh, a, a defect. Uh, for him, if uh, the astrologers disagree, it means the, the astrology does not work. I see. So it's uh, it's uh, an argument. Especially, um, he talks a lot about uh, discussions between Albumaza and uh, 
tolerate. It's uh, well, that's um, something. Maybe uh, I will show an example about Marcelo Ficinovich, which is rather funny. I don't know if I can demonstrate my screen. I have uh, uh, an image of the manuscript. Okay, yes, you can share. You can share I will. I will try. Well. Yeah. Can you see it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. So, uh, oh, yeah. So, so here is uh, the Visuma Diastris. This is about the discussion between Ptolemy and Albumazar. So in Ficino's text, the Disputatio contra Eudicia Astrologorum, we find uh, an astrologer named uh, Albius, and uh, nobody knew who is uh, that Albius. And we, we, we also find uh, the same Albius in uh, another Ficino's text, in his commentary on Plotinus. Albius and mentioned next to Albumazar. And so, in, if, if we uh, read the Summa de Astris, we will understand that this Albius is Albumazar. Ficino, actually, it was the mistake of, of Ficino. Mm. So, uh, Gerald of Felfa explains that uh, according to Ptolemy, uh, the moon is humid. Uh, because of the terrestrial vapors. The vapors rise and uh, the moon uh, becomes humid. But according to Albumazar, it's impossible because, because uh, the celestial bodies are incorruptible, the moon is incorruptible, and uh, anyway, the vapors cannot rise so high. So, uh, in Gerald of Felter text, uh, you can see uh, in uh, this red frame, uh, the name of Albumazar is written as Albu. Mm -hmm. he, here, Albu, quarto libro, mm -hmm. book four of Al Albumazar. Mm -hmm. And Ficino didn't understand. He, f he thought uh, quarto libro Albi. <laughs> four of Albius. He thought is the, the Albi genitive case. Yeah. Uh, for Albius, and he invented Albius, and then he, 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 in another treatise uh, he said, so Albius and Bumazar criticized Ptolemy because uh, for, for, for Ptolemy the moon is humid because of the terrestrial vapors. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I like these examples, and uh, we, we can see that Marsilio Ficino is a human person who exactly. ca ca can uh, make some mistakes, not a, not a robot. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You can see the human part of yeah. of, um, of the of the authors that we normally think of them like almost as yes. Yes. Yeah. That's it's so funny. But but this is very interesting because well, first of all, I hope you get the time to to edit, to edit the it. complete text, not only one part, because I think yes, yes. If I if I if I edit it, I, uh, I will edit it completely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That will be very interesting for comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think the first part about astronomy uh, that's uh, rather a paraphrase from Sacrobosco. Uh, 
Then uh, the, the second part uh, is uh, a mix from Ptolemy, Album Azar, and Krivitsus, and maybe some elements from Zael too. And uh, then, well, the, the third part is. The, the, the interesting thing is that he's collecting from Ptolemy, for instance, and the others. And normally, what we have and what we find in the late Middle Ages is like Ptolemy on one side and the Arabs on the other side. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Ptolemy was uh, apparently uh, was more like a geol um, geographer than an astrologer, and he was like a collector of information. And actually, there's a lot of things in Ptolemy, although he tries to be very rational in the way he presents astrology, but there's a lot of things in Ptolemy that you don't find not in later Arabic authors, not even in contemporary authors mm -hmm. from Ptolemy. So he's kind of the odd, uh, the odd one. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is, it is interesting that they compare them and they see contradictions, because there are contradictions. Yeah. Yeah. And this would remain this kind of tension between mm -hmm. Ptolemy and the others, uh, spe specifically Ptolemy and the Arabic authors. Yeah. And this will remain until the end of the Middle Ages. By the 15th century, some authors, or most of them, they were like returning to Ptolemy mm -hmm. because it's the purity of Greek knowledge. Uh, and um, actually, Ptolemy was um, non-typical, an atypical astrologer with the because he was probably just someone that was collecting information. Yeah, that's so, a yeah. point. And <laughs> so, it was totally interesting because this kind of argumentation, then later with, with Ficino Pico de la Mirando and all that yeah. that line of critics, of, the, of which this apparently is one of the roots. Uh, or the root. Or the root itself, yeah. um, will shape how astrology is practiced, especially in 16th and 17th right. century. All of the changes we see in the technical aspects of astrology are most of the time caused by these critics and this considering of certain parts of astrology which are irrational or are not according to, to natural philosophy. So that's that's quite interesting. Um, also, these are very scientific yeah. uh, objections, which is, is very interesting. I was wondering, do you have an idea of the circulation of this text? Yeah. Because Ficino knew it, certainly. But do you have... Is he quoted by other authors? I try to understand it, but by now, well, uh, no idea. As I said, sixth manuscript, all incomplete. Yeah. Uh, three Italian manuscripts, uh, one in Poland, one in England, and uh, another one uh, in Germany. Mm -hmm. no, I, 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 I don't remember. No, no, four, four in Italy and one in Poland and uh, no, in England. I, I don't know which manuscript Ficina could use, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. this is a, the, the research to, to do. Yeah. Yes. Because there is some circulation. It, 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 yeah, it yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, yes, it's it's certain. But uh, I've never seen uh, this type of arguments or the quotations uh, mm -hmm. from the these texts uh, in, in other medieval sources. Mm -hmm. uh, well. I do not uh, know if there are some medieval or Renaissance authors 
who mention explicitly Gerald of Falco and his text in their uh, works. Mm-hmm. Ficino does not mention him. Mm-hmm. He, he just borrowed half of it without mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Oh, yeah. So, so I, I, I hope when uh, I edit it, we will see it clear. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so, so important to prepare this edition. Yeah. And, because, uh, the, the, the text, it, it seems that the text is important, but uh, it is. We know nothing about the, the, the diffusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, is, it is important to, to, to have this text and, and have a good idea because we were just discussing this another day, which is we don't have a clear history of the refutations of astrology. Yes. Um, and neither the refutations nor the defenses, because there is a dialogue, continuous dialogue between yeah, 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 critics and the defenders, and they're still to be done, and this is a huge question. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, so, we, so we have a lineage of this discussion with this type of argumentation. And so. apparently this book, is crucial because it's very early and it's probably one of the main sources for all the other. Uh, uh, I mean, apart from the from the argument of influence and the argument mm-hmm. of determinism, this is the scientific source mm-hmm. of scientific refutation, yeah. so to say. So I think this is very important. I hope you you have time for yeah. for the <laughs> hope too. <laughs> it's always a lot of work to do that kind of that kind of. Uh, Work with and the, then the it would be condition. interesting to see if someone refused because I know there are 14th century uh, defenses of astrology. Philip Notov just mentioned to us uh, something like a defense of horary astrology interrogation. Mm. So there are people writing because mm. normally we have the idea mm. that in the Middle Ages they were not really very worried about this, but apparently they are, and there are reasons to be mm. worried. So um, there are some defenses. So if we could put everything together, the criticisms and then the replies, the refutation and the criticism again, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Just the history have, of this to discussion. To have a good, good idea of, of how, the, how this unfolds to time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, it is, it it's is, up to you. It's a project. <laughs> <laughs> it's an idea. That <laughs> it stays. Um, and your current research, um, how are you going to approach now? And, uh, what are you, what are your plans, your research plans for the future? Well, now uh, I've almost finished uh, reading the proofs of my book. Mm-hmm. My PhD is about the celestial influence according to the theologians. This uh, commentaries on the sentences of Peter Lombard. Well, you know, the sentences uh, are a medieval textbook in theology written in the 12th century. Uh, and uh, it was so popular that in uh, the 13th century, at least in Paris, it was mandatory to write, uh, to produce a commentary on the sentences for becoming a master of theology, at least in Paris, but we also have uh, the commentaries on the sentences uh, from Oxford, from some Italian cities, from Germany, and so on. 
And the sentence is, is a huge compilation of the passages, well, to, to make it simpler, of the passages from um, the works of the fathers of church on all the topics, mm-hmm. on uh, the Trinity, on the creation of the creature, uh, on the eschatology, on the doctrine of science, on the nature of Christ, and so on. And so, uh, there are the question, there are the questions on the creation, and on the creation of celestial world. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, from the 13th century, a young bachelor who wanted to become a master of theology had to comment the sentences had to explain uh, difficult passages of the sentences to his students, or rather he had to uh, answer the questions inspired by uh, this text. And uh, we, we, we can uh, find uh, the questions about the celestial influence. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe why uh, is it so interesting? The, of, of course, we, we can find uh, the reasonings about the celestial influence in other sources. Now, in, uh, in the commentaries on Aristotelian works, on the physics, on the, on the heaven, uh, meteorology, and so on. But uh, it is interesting, uh, it is particularly interesting for me in the commentaries on the sentences, because this theory of celestial influence is uh, twofold. On one hand, they talk of ordinary celestial influence. Let's say ordinary celestial influence, the influence of astronomical celestial body, stars, planets, adults, normal influence. And on the other hand, they describe something I called the extraordinary celestial influence, mm-hmm. the influence of a typical celestial bodies, or let's say theological celestial bodies, the celestial bodies whose existence derived from faith, not from science. And there are two major cases. The first is the imperial heaven. Uh, well, do you know the imperial heaven, the last sphere in the universe, the, the, the paradise, the celestial paradise, the highest sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the function of this imperial heaven is not astronomical, but theological, is the dwelling place of angels and uh, of blessed men. And uh, another case, the second case, is the celestial world just before and after the last judgment. Because this celestial world is rather different from ours, um, the celestial light should increase and the celestial motion uh, will cease. Mm-hmm. And well, the question is, uh, the celestial influence, will it survive? Uh, and well, the answer is rather yes, uh, the celestial influence will be there and this special influence will be a tool for organizing, for creating a new universe, a post-apocalyptic universe. Mm-hmm. Do it better. And well, that's why it's rather interesting to read these 
commentaries on the sentences, uh, we can uh, compare these views and we can study to, to make it simpler uh, the relationship between science and faith, the mutual influence of mm -hmm. science and faith. So they ask the scientific questions, like a question of influence, the scientific questions on uh, theological realms, as the imperial heaven, uh, but if they want to attribute an influence to these atypical uh, celestial bodies, they have to review uh, the general theory of celestial influence. Mm -hmm. They have to explain how the celestial influence is possible without rays. They have to explain how the celestial influence is possible without motion and so on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Uh, I was I was uh, thinking of something that you said a little earlier about the cessation of movement of the planets. That is so interesting because for him the influence continues and it is the beginning of a new. So probably this is the return of yes. the Tema Mundi. Yes, that that idea. Yeah. If everything begins to move. Yeah, yeah, the planets yeah. began in their ideal position and then they, they moved and and so probably when they stop. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I've just seen your, your podcast with God Fraud, Kekalatai. Yes, yes. And actually, sometimes you can find uh, this particular question in the commentaries on the synthesis about Tema Mundi and um, the end of the cosmic cycle, the end of the, the, um, this, uh, well, uh, they, they, they don't say the great year, but it's just yeah. the kind of, 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 of great year. The question is, uh, which will be the, the final constellation, the position of all these celestial bodies in the end of the time? Uh, will it be identical to their first position, to this Tema Mundi? Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, I think I found one commentator uh, mm -hmm. from Oxford, uh, Richard Shaka, uh, who says, well, it's possible, it's not impossible, but for others it's totally impossible. And we have two arguments, theological and, let's say, scientific. Mm -hmm. The theological argument is the argument of Thomas Aquinas. Uh, it cannot be the same, since if it's the same, we can foresee the end of the time, they can calculate. Oh, okay. And no, no, normally it is God who will decide where, when uh, the last judgment will, will okay. take place. And we, we cannot foresee the, the future and we should not try. Mm -hmm. So that, that's not the same constellation. And then uh, by the end of the 13th century, uh, we find also a scientific argument. The position is not the same. That's the argument of uh, at least two Franciscan commentators, uh, Duns Scholus, and also before him, uh, Richard of 
Mediavilla. Well, we used to say Richard of Middleton, but uh, he was not from Middleton. He, he in England he was rather from Menville in France. So now, now we say Richard of Mediavilla. So uh, the position is not the same in the beginning and in the end because the influence, the influences which are required in the end and in the beginning are not the same. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, uh, we need the influence which will stimulate, which stimulated the generation, the plants and the animals, uh, the, the minerals, and the elements. And in the end of the time, we need another type of influence. Mm -hmm. Either the influence which will preserve this world, the new world, uh, in this world, nothing happens. Or maybe another influence, uh, an influence which will destroy our world, uh, well, which will maybe produce uh, the universal conflagration, which will be one of the causes of this universal fire. But uh, this is about corruption, this is not about generation. So the position cannot be identical to the Tema Mundi, it cannot be the same. We shouldn't be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just just what you just said, the, the universal configuration and the fire, that's so stoic. It's such a stoic um, note, such a stoic undertone on this. Because the stoic had exactly the same idea, mm. that the cycles would go yeah. and then yes. it will just yeah. conflagrate yeah, in fire. interesting to see these ideas in one form or another keep on the background and, and are... Yes are feeding these, these discussions and these debates even within the Christian context. Yes, and then they appear in different shapes and different mm -hmm. cultures, but they are still there. Mm -hmm. And we can we can spot them. That's so Well, for, 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 for them, of course, they mention only some Christian sources, the, the, the medieval exegesis. But, well, the idea is still, still, still there, of course. The idea is there. Yeah. Well, the, these were, these two were very good uh, scientific arguments. We cannot predict, and uh, the, the influence cannot be the same because the the first one was to create, and this mm -hmm. one was or to preserve or yeah. really to destroy. Yeah. So yeah. it cannot yeah. be the same. Yeah. So we will not we will not get the Tema Mundi again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Well, not yet, but soon because there is another argument uh, it's the, the same Richard of Medievilla who, who, who says well the great here that's too, too, too much uh, uh, it, it, it makes uh, 30, 36 uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's too we are in the end of the time already so it's, it's impossible yeah. <laughs> so it's Fair a, matter, enough. a matter of chronology of yes. in their own way yeah it's great okay. yeah and um you said your book will appear we're looking forward to read it of course uh, next this in the end of the year or the beginning of next year yeah. yes i i hope mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. let us know when, when yeah. it does do you already have a title uh, alors, <laughs> les, les, it's, it's in French. Les sphères, les astres et les théologiens, l'influence céleste entre les sciences et la foi dans les commentaires de sentences. Mm -hmm. okay. Les sphères, stars, uh, theology, theologians, uh, 
celestial influence between uh, science and faith okay. in the commentary uh, on the sentences. Yeah. 13th, 14th century. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, we're looking forward for the book yes. and for the critical edition. I can't forget about it. <laughs> well, of course. Well, I, I, I will send you a link for my book because uh, we have a web page of the book. Oh, yes, oh, please. Thank you. Please. Yeah. So that uh, also the there is a description. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. yes, yes. And so people can know when it's out, uh, which would be wonderful. And perhaps when it's out, we can talk a little bit more then uh, to yes. and explore a bit more. Yeah, would, that would be great. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So okay, thank well. you very much, Maria. Yeah. Thank yeah, you very much. You. Your research is fabulous. Uh, whole, best of luck with uh, this taking these projects uh, ahead into their finishing and then for the future projects, of course. And hope to, to contact you again yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. See you. Bye. Bye.